Hello, everyone. I'm Giles. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope podcast. Every week, we delve into topics like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid-back conversations, bad puns, and in-depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at beyondthetrope.com. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Start the show! It's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to John's Audio Resume, Volume 8. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And in this audio exploration of every job I've ever had, it occurred to me, we're like halfway there. I've had way too many jobs. And if you've listened to this series, you know I haven't held those jobs for very long. One of them for an hour and a half couple of them for like a week, and then some of them just like months at a time. This is another such job, which I'll get to in a minute. But first, so this is volume eight. Next week is volume nine. The following week, so two weeks from now, is volume 10. And that's where we're going to press pause on this series. And the reason is 10 is a nice round number. But more importantly, I wrap up my subcontracting gig at this creative agency which I'm there 25 hours a week, which leaves me almost no time to do anything else. So I've got that gig. I've got my other paying work that I do. Uh, I've got two kids. One is three. The other is 18 months. And we've been redoing our house. Like we've had almost our whole house painted. We've had a, a lot of work done here. And needless to say, it's been very labor intensive. Put it to you that way. And so I think I miss interviewing people. So I think 10 is a good round number. And what I'm going to do is with the last five, I'm going to space those out and do those once a month and then continue to interview people. And so we'll just slot those in until the end. That'll take us till about, let's see here, July, maybe August, whatever the case, this series will wrap up over the course of the summer. But we're going to do three more in a row here. Then we're going to get back to interviewing people. And these will air once a month as sort of a special attraction. But I certainly don't want to finish this or I don't want to leave this unfinished is a better way of saying it. So with that out of the way, I teased that in last week's episode. Let's get to this week's episode. Volume eight, lifeguard. That's right. I was a lifeguard. And I had just wrapped up my undergraduate degree, so this was the summer of 2004. Had a great time and made the mistake. Well, actually, I needed money. I knew that. But (laughs) uh, there are no jobs to be had in Fort Collins, as we covered in last week's episode. So I moved home. I was at home with my parents over the summer. I'd lived the previous couple of summers up in Fort Collins, which I grew to really like sort of better. But, you know, you're, you're getting your independence. I'm 22 years old at this point. And there was a job listing for a lifeguard. Now, I was a swimmer in high school. Um, I'm great in the water. And I thought, okay, fine, perfect. I know these pools. I grew up going to these pools. I get my lifeguard certification. 
and I'll do this for the summer. It was really easy. So I signed up for the lifeguarding class. It was at DU and it's like three days long and a couple of the requirements, it's really not hard. So you have to swim a 500 without stopping. So a 500 in a standard pool is like 20 laps. Wait, let me think. Is that, yeah, that's right. So that's like 20 laps. And I mean, I hadn't done that in years and I was a smoker at the time too. So I was a little bit worried about it. I got in there, started swimming. It was fine. And I did not realize or appreciate how important having the actual swimming muscles, like having that muscle memory built up was. Because my friend Jamie, who I went to Alaska with, while I was lifeguarding at this gig, he was getting ready to uh, be a federal agent. And there was like a swimming component. He wasn't real strong on the swimming. So he came up and I basically did like uh, some water treading and I taught him how to skull. And that's like anyone who swam knows what sculling is. So, or like if you listen to, you know, rowing or who the hell listens to rowing? What am I talking about? Anyway, it's a motion you make with your hand that keeps you afloat. And once you get used to it, it's sort of, it's a way to stay afloat using minimal effort. Well, he was like out of breath. He was flailing in the first couple of minutes while I'm just chilling there, treading water. Like I could tread water for almost days, it feels like. And it's funny, when we were doing the lifeguard training, there were times where we'd be doing drills. So you had to swim a 500, you had to tread water for five minutes. Um, one of those minutes, and I think it's the last minute, you, you can't use your hands. So you have to keep your hands up and out of the water. Like they have to see your hands while you're treading water. Um, but because it was a bunch of swimmers and a bunch of water people, we're all just treading water in the deep end. We got our hands up and we're all still talking to each other, just maintaining conversation about, oh, hey, what part of town do you live in? What's your pool like? Blah, blah, blah. And so that was really easy. And then you had to dive down to like 12 feet and retrieve a brick, like this five pound, five pound brick and be able to bring it back up to surface. So again, like the physical component of this was not hard. You also had to pass a practical exam where you rescued someone and like you knew the steps to take and what to do. And then there was like a written test. Before I get to the written test, as we're going through sort of this practical stuff. So if you want to be a lifeguard, just know this. <laughs> They're going to make you swim more than one 500. And there was one kid there who pissed and moaned and bitched about that fact. And was arguing to the point where he dropped out of the program because we swam that first 500. We ended up swimming like three more over the course of those days. And he said, but I've already done this. I shouldn't have to do it again. It's like, look, homeboy, you're going to be a lifeguard. Uh, you should get used to swimming more than 500 meters. <clears throat> I mean, it like, I think you should be a pretty strong swimmer if you're going to be the one guarding over people's lives in the pool. But he quit. He withdrew. And this would be funny enough on its own because this kid was like, I don't know, 17, 18 years old, 19 maybe. But the reason I bring it up here is because this was the son of a former Denver Broncos legend. And it's not John Elway before you ask. But it was a very prominent Denver Bronco, someone who you'd know. If I said their name, you would know it immediately. You'd recognize it. And he had to bow out because he didn't want to swim more than that initial 500 meters. And I thought... You know, your dad was sure tough. I guess that's not hereditary. Eee. I didn't say that to him, nor would I. 
And I've actually met his dad a couple of times now. His dad's a great guy. Just a terrific all-around guy. But, uh, yeah, he dropped out. So, the written test. I've now gone through four years of college at the time of this test. This test is geared towards, like, high schoolers. And that's who I was largely there with. I was the oldest one there pretty much by far, and I was 22. Almost everyone else was, like, between 15 and probably 18. One of whom I ended up lifeguarding with up at Genesee, and I bought him beer all the time, uh, which I didn't care. I mean, I t- <laughs> uh, it was a nice little system we'd worked out. But uh, anyway, so the written test, everyone's freaked out about it. And I'm like, really? Like, it's just, it's a written test. And it's multiple choice. Are you, like, give me a break. So they gave us, like, two hours to do it. I finished it in, like, 35, 40 minutes. And I walk up. He's like, are you sure? <clears throat> and I go, Yeah. And he graded it. I scored like 98 on it, I think. He goes, all right, well, you're good. And so he hands me my little red cross card. And he writes his name on it as and signs it like as the certified person, you know, issuing the card. And I go, that isn't my name. And he goes, yeah, I know, dude, that's my name. I go, oh, right. He's like, you sign the blank line. I go, oh, yeah, right. And he goes, did you actually take this test? I go, yeah. Yeah, just ignore my lack of common sense, okay, guy? I, uh, I'm i good at taking the tests, apparently not good at uh, reading where I sign my little certified to save lives card. So I get up there, and this is the real bitch of it. You go through all this lifeguard training, and they prepare you for the worst of the worst. The The toughest thing that you drill on is called deep water spinal. And it's if someone, like, for instance, if they're going off a diving board, and they hit their head, and they have a spinal injury, and you have to immobilize them, but you're in deep water, so you can't put your feet down, that's a really challenging drill. And that takes a lot of lung capacity. It takes, like, a, if you watch the NBA draft, it takes, like, a good motor. Um, so you got to keep yourself going. I get up to lifeguard where I'm going to be, and literally, it's, like, the least populated pool ever. Both of them. There's two of them, and we rotate between them. And it is so boring and so dull. And the entire summer is just nothing but rain and cloudy weather. So a lot of times I am just sitting in my guard shack alone, bored off my tits. Seriously, just sitting around all day. At one point, I had just bought an Xbox because that's what you do when you graduate college. And there was a TV at one of the pools. So I just brought it down there, hooked it up. And uh, started a season of MLB. And that was pretty nice. Because literally, again, no swimmers. I played it one time. There was one lap swimmer. It was this lady. She was like 70 years old. And she was just swimming laps back and forth for like an hour and a half. And so I'd occasionally stand up, peek at her, make sure she was still moving. And be like, yeah, she's cool. All right. Yeah, we're fine now. And then, uh, yeah, the other pool was a little bit more populated. But, and typically there were two guards there, which was nice. And some of the people I was closer in age to, but they always paired me up with like this 15 year old girl. And I'm like, we don't have a lot to talk about. So even though it was still a little bit better attended, there still wasn't a ton to do. I invented this like golf game there where, uh, I took a beach ball and you could kick it into the baby pool. So there were nine tee boxes. The, uh, par for the course was always, was, you know, uh, 18. So two shots. And I got really, really good at it. 
<clears throat> and sadly, the world will never know anything about this game or never having seen me play it. But, uh, yeah, I would just kick the ball into the baby pool, and that's how I would amuse myself. It sucked. I'm not going to lie to you. I wish I had good lifeguarding stories for you. I don't. Like, literally, okay, well, here's one. This isn't really a lifeguard story. This is more sort of recognizing that you're an adult authority figure. But uh, there were these two little kids who were at the pool almost every day, and they were super annoying. There were these twin boys who just had boundless energy, and they never shut up. Well, they're riding their skateboard around on the deck, and I'm like, hey, fellas, you can't ride your skateboard. So these kids are like seven, maybe. I'm like, fellas, you can't ride your skateboard on the deck. And, you know, they kind of defy me, and they look at me, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. And I go, all right, fine. Can I see it? And they're seven, so they're dumb enough to give me their skateboard. I go, oh, yeah, this is a nice skateboard, and I threw it in the pool. And this is not like I ruined their skateboard. The skateboard had been in the pool a few times already. So I threw it in the pool, blew my whistle, called Adult Swim, and made them stare at it for 15 minutes. <laughs> Which, to this day, I think is still pretty funny. I don't know. Maybe I do have a little bit of a sadistic streak. But it was like, look, fellas, if you're not going to listen, you're going to pay the price, all right? You want to ride this skateboard? Okay, well, it's in the pool now. You get to stare at it for 15 minutes. And, you know, it was fun. What can I say? The big thing I accomplished during that gig. So first, what I accomplished. Second, what I learned. The first is what I got done. I had to prepare to go into grad school that fall, which I was really, really nervous about. And we were going to be teaching public speaking. Spoiler alert, that's the next job, being a public speaking instructor. That's a good one. That's going to be fun. But I read through the entire textbook. Again, I had time. So I just sat there. I got familiar with the textbook, what we were teaching. When we showed up to grad school that first day, they're like, okay, who read through the textbook? And I raised my hand. And I think I was one of a few. I'm like, okay, seriously, I'm not the brown noser here, but I just had a lot of time and nothing to do all summer. So, um, And I got paid for it, so that was cool. And here's what I learned. So, again, I'm 22 at this gig. My supervisor is like 18, which is always funny. At that age, I mean, if if I were working now, so I'm 36, if my supervisor were 32, it's really not that big a deal. But when you're 22 and your supervisor is 18, it's pretty funny because it's like they feel weird telling you what to do and you're like, yeah, I don't really give a shit what you say. But, you know, I'll go along with this for the sort of theater of it. Nice dude. I swam with him on the swim team. And his uh, the assistant manager was this chick who went up to CSU later. I ran into her a couple of times. She was really nice, too. They were They were great. But most of the rest of the staff was a bunch of high school kids. And many of them had never had a job before. And so they weren't doing things on the job, like taking out the trash or sometimes not adding the proper chemicals at the end of a shift. Which, coincidentally, I ended up getting a lot of the closing shifts because they knew I would actually add the fucking chemicals. Which is an annoying job, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But there was, like, basic stuff to do. Water the plants, you know, fill out this log, test the water at certain times a day. And they were half-assing this job. And so, during one of our staff meetings, I said to them, I'm like, look, I'm a little bit older than you guys, so here's the benefit of my experience. This is not a hard job. 
by any stretch of the imagination. This job is not hard. And if you are half-assing this job, that is literally like 10% of the effort that you have to make in virtually any other job that you do. So do what's asked of you, do it well, go above and beyond, and you will set yourself up for success long-term. Now, granted, no one listened to me, but having worked in the bindery of a printing company for the city of Golden, where I fucked off a lot, but we still got those fields prepped, uh, you know, door-to-door salesmen, restaurant industry, I've seen people who work hard and bust their ass for a living. And so to see these kids just sort of sitting around and sloughing this off, I felt like I had to say something. And maybe at that point is when I actually became an adult at 22 years old. But my supervisors were really grateful for that because it bumped up productivity for like a week. And then, you know, that was over because they're high school kids and it's like, shut up, old man. Buy us beer. Yeah. All right, kid. Whatever you want. No problem. Getting back to adding chemicals. There's a lot of chemicals in the swimming pool. And based on the readings that you take throughout the day, you may have to add, I can't even remember what they're called, but if you have a certain number of pounds of chemical, you have to dilute it, which means you pour a little bit into a bucket, get pool water in there, you stir it up, and then you distribute it throughout the pool. You toss it in one bucket full at a time. My very first shift, it took me like, God, like almost an hour to get all that done. So it's the end of the shift. No one's there. You're closed and you're still walking around like hauling buckets of water. That was the only part of the job that was hard. It was the only part of the job that sucked outside of the crushing boredom. But you know, again, the, the weather was fairly shitty and, uh, these pools are not all that well attended anyway. I mean, it's just the nature of the neighborhood. Uh, and it's in the mountains. So it's a little bit cooler, uh, right from the get go. But I did get to work July 4th, um, and I got to open the pool, so that was at like 5.30. So my plan was to get down there, open the pool, take the cover off, do all my opening stuff, and then just fall asleep on one of the lawn chairs, which is what I did. And then people actually showed up to swim. God, it was like 6.15 in the morning. And I go, why are you here? Seriously. Why? Um, but it was mostly lap swimmers so I could zone out. But then this one dude sat down next to me and wanted to chat me up and I go, yeah, all right, guy, that's fine. I'm almost certainly hungover. I can't remember, but if I was 22, yeah, I was probably hungover. So this job was a real placeholder job for me and it caught me in transition because I was living at home and I didn't fully really want to be home. Uh, I wanted to be back in college, but I also sort of wasn't ready for grad school. So having that distance of like however far Fort Collins is, 70 some odd miles, having that sort of mental distance was also helpful. So I was really in this sort of no man's land of like not knowing how to feel or where I am at my life. I had no girlfriend at the time. Um... You know, I had my friends in Fort Collins. Some of them had graduated, so they were starting to scatter a little bit. And then, you know, I'm between undergrad and grad school. So it's like, okay, well, you've got more school and you've got school again. But you're also going to be teaching a class, and this is going to be way harder than undergrad. So it was a weird time, and I just dealt with my existential angst all summer. Which, you know, that's fun. That's that's a lot of fun. And, uh, 
I didn't cut my hair all summer either, which was kind of weird. That was an odd choice. And I was still spiking it up. So once it gets too long, then you kind of start spiking it back. And I think I started to look like that guy from Static X, which is not a good look. And that band really wasn't that great anyway. But at the end of the summer, went back to Fort Collins, started grad school, and picked up my next gig, and that's where we'll pick it up next week. We're going to cut this one a little bit short because there's not a lot of meat to this one. Being a lifeguard, depending on where you are, I'm sure it's interesting. Where I was, not so much. Uh, it was cool getting my Red Cross certification for first aid and for lifeguard training. But, uh, yeah, I certainly let those lapse. And that was, what, 14 years ago now? Yeah, I probably don't really remember. Don't count on me if you have a life-threatening emergency. All right, let's play the outro. The Joan of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. We're doing great guns. We have been going gangbusters this year, and it's only looking up for 18. So training, content, engagement, that's Deft Communications. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. If you're doing anything online, whether it's a campaign social media marketing, online advertising, building a website, trying to create a community, 4Degrees is the place to do it. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Tell them John of All Trades sent you. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest, all at J-O-A-T pod. Facebook is the only place among those four where you're going to find exclusive episode previews. Those drop on Wednesdays. Previews go on Mondays. Facebook only. iTunes and Stitcher are great places to download the John of All Trades podcast. Just search John of All Trades. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. You'll get brand new episodes come to you. You don't have to do anything. Next week, I am in grad school. I am teaching public speaking, getting paid to be a student. Not a bad gig, and uh, there are some good stories about people and their public speaking sort of fears and foibles. So look forward to that. I'll be back here then, and until I hear you back here then... Say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.